Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivian.com. Tracy.com and it's sex talk S E X T O K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website, listen up, send it to friends, and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Tracy. How's it going today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm spending far too much time with my bottom on the sofa watching television because I'm addicted to this show called Couples Therapy, which is a New York psychiatrist or psychotherapist. So I'm assuming that it's big over there. It must be big over there, is it? I mean, I've never even heard of it. Couples Therapy? I've heard of, there was this one show with like a couple and then this random person would come do an intake assessment. I don't think that's the same show. No. It's four different couples and it's all based in New York. She's a New York therapist and they all come in and it's like little, it's like the nuggets of each therapy session because I loved In Treatment. That was my favorite, favorite show of all time. That was my favorite show too. I loved In Treatment. I just loved it. So it's kind of like that, but it's real and and it's not. It's not sensationalist, but what I found really interesting, so I'm sitting there with Miles watching it, my husband, and you know when you think, and I'm watching it and I'm thinking, God, that person is so bloody annoying or that person's definitely right and that other one's not right and all that sort of stuff. And he's sitting there all quietly and and then I have to keep stopping and going, oh, for God's sake, what's wrong with this woman and blah, 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 blah. And he thinks so differently than me. Wow. And you know when you get those moments and you think, God, I've been with him 10 years and I, if somebody would have said I would have been able to predict his response to these people's lives, I thought I would have been able to, and I just so didn't. It was one of those, oh, my God, I don't know you moment, which I think is really good when you get one of those moments. It's Maybe like, that wow, should I be, don't know you. That should be your challenge of the week, is everybody should go watch this show, Couples oh, Therapy. It's, I'm going to go what, watch it now. it would cause people to go to Couples Therapy. Because, oh, boy. Okay. Because you get such, well, I can see his side. Because you can't help but when you watch it with your partner, put yourself in there and think, God, am I a bit like that? Or this is me, or he's thinking it's me, or that sort of stuff. It's very good. Very good. Okay. It's not sensational. But it's very good. I, you've sold me on it. And yes, I used to love in treatment. And I was so oh, excited because I got to interview Gabriel Byrne on my Mom's Don't Have Dream <gasps> Books podcast. I know. Do you know what? That was the first I'd heard of you was that I wrote, and, and a goat jumped on the car, remember? Yes. And a goat jumped yes. on his car. Yes. I was like, I, I can't make this it. up. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely, that was the first, that's so funny. That was the first thing I ever listened to you oh. was heard that interview. It was amazing. So anyway, there you go. So if you're interested in watching a show about relationships, that's the one to watch at the moment. Okay. But keep listening to this. In the meantime. Yes. yes of <laughs> okay. Course, with this therapy. Three questions. And again, if you have your own, you can just type them in on sextalkpod.com. 
My he- Question one. My husband has just left me, and I honestly don't know where to go from here. We were married for 19 years, but the last seven or so have been hell after I discovered him cheating time and time again. He's now found someone he says he's in love with and has left me for her. We have two children together, but they're both not living at home anymore. Do you have any advice on what I should do next? Oh, full sympathy, honestly. Didn't you read that and think, oh my God, I yeah. just that's just a horrible, horrible place. But first thing, you will survive would be my first thing. And also, don't you think, Zibby, I think not only will she survive, but she's going to come around and think, why on earth did I not walk out earlier? And it's quite, it might not seem like a blessing in disguise, but I think it's absolutely the best thing that he has found somebody that he supposedly loves and has left you because it's made the choice for you. You're not going to put up with another seven years of stuff. But she wasn't, it doesn't say that she's been that unhappy. I mean, I guess she said... It's been hell. Okay, fine. Yeah. All right, hell, I guess. Okay, fine. <laughs> What's your description of hell? Then? You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Cheating time and yeah. time again. You're right, you're right. Oh, well, and okay. how is that ever going to be fun, by the way? You're right. Really? It's, it's a blessing yeah. in disguise. She I think it's a blessing it. in disguise. Yeah, she should have left earlier. But, so I'm going to give out, I mean, I'm sure you've got something to say on this too, Zibby. It's a good emotional question, I think. The first thing that I would do is probably sort out my finances. She doesn't mention divorce, but even if you're just separated, I think you probably need to have a think about that. So I would be going to see a lawyer and getting some advice. And the second thing I would do is, is it's a funny bit of a twee phrase, but I would really wrap myself in a blanket of love. I would, it's so traumatic and exhausting. And if it has been hell for seven years, you must feel absolutely just worn out and emotional. And this is the time when you need to be around people who make you feel good about yourself, who aren't going to go, well, you should have done this and you should have done that. and Or just people who really support you, go for walks, be in nature, you know, do some calming things because you're going to feel like death. And this is the time to be cocooned, I think, and sort of licking your wounds, don't you think? Yes. I love that. I love I love that oh. analogy. I love it. What did you call oh, it? A good. twee phase? What is a twee phase? <laughs> <laughs> like a bit silly, but oh. like girly, twee, twee. It's, it's quite a nice, quite a nice emotional image, isn't it? The other thing I would say, there's a few things that people really go through. And one of them is, is that whole, you know, I've spent seven years trying to work this out. I've gone through seven years of hell and it's all been for nothing. And you know, what was that all about then? And this is what stops people leaving because they put so much effort into trying to make a bad relationship good that they just think, oh my God, if I walk out now or if I leave now, how am I ever going to justify all that pain? And why did I do all that? But, and so you've just got to accept that you did that and move on because you will never leave otherwise. You would never move on from these sort of things. And, and it is a wake up call to think, you know, instead of thinking, oh, this time is all wasted, you've got to think, right, this is the cutoff point now, this is utterly ridiculous. I need to move on. So really try not to get into that sort of spiral of thinking. The other thing, which I bet you, you, this person who wrote in, will be a prime person to do this. Don't try to be his friend. Mm-hmm. Now, if she's given him all these chances, she's one of those wives that goes, well, you know, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, all right, come here, we'll make it better. Don't worry, this time we'll make it better. You can't do that with people. You really can't. It's not going to do you any favours at all. So don't be there when it all goes wrong, which, of course, it will at some point. Don't be the one to make sure that your kids have a relationship with him. They're old enough to organise their own stuff. They're not living at home anymore. So don't be his friend. You've got to let him fall and falter and just be his own person separate from you. And I think a lot of people have trouble 
with that. I would strongly recommend either if you're a therapist person, <laughs> watch couples therapy or go and see a therapist. If not, you know, you can do self-help therapy. You know, there's so much information out there. And there's one therapist that I know, and he's a guy called Andrew G. Marshall. The website's andrewgmarshall2ls.com. And he specializes in infidelity. And there's tons on there. There's so many articles and podcasts and books that you can buy and just a whole little help center that would be the equivalent to therapy. So I think you need some kind of person to talk to or some kind of place to find out information who isn't linked to you? Would you mm -hmm. say that? Because yes. everybody has such this an opinion. Is, yes. This is, I mean, this is going to be a tough road, but yes, get a therapist. Try to keep your distance from your ex. You know, try to keep it, don't try to get him back. Don't try mm -hmm. to make yourself feel terrible. Like, oh, he left you because of X, Y, Z about you. Like, this guy obviously has some issues. He's been cheating the whole time. He's clearly not nice to her. This is not because of her. So try no. to separate what he's doing from who she is and not sort of internalize it and, and make it about something that she did or something like that. And yeah, I mean, I don't think she'll be ready for a little while to view this as like a great opportunity for a fresh start, but we can see no. it from the outside. So we can I would say, see that. Hang in there. And you know, yeah. And the other thing that I would, two other points I really want to make is that I was listening to a podcast about infidelity the other day. And this, this woman who's dealt with it the whole of her life, which I, I just thought, oh my God, what a job to sit there and listen to people in pain like that. But she said, everybody gets stuck on the question, but why did they do it? But mm -hmm. why did they do it? And she said, it's a really pointless question because people often don't know why they've done it. And also no reason is ever going to be good enough. Like, it's not like your husband's going to say, well, do you know what? When I was four, this thing happened to me and you're going to go, oh, well, that's okay then. It's fine. It's right. never going to be good enough. There's never going to be a good enough reason. So move away from that. And the other thing that I think people get obsessed with in this position is what happens if he comes back? What do I say? Do I give him another chance? And they're imagining this scenario where he's coming mm. back, usually fantasizing about it and I think that number one I, I I would bet my bottom dollar that this guy will turn around and say that he wants another chance because the thing about affairs is that they usually fall apart when they're discovered because new shiny perfect things turn into flawed imperfect things like you were you know new relationships turn into old relationships and usually when the husband figures that out he thinks well this one's not any better than the last one. I've got a lot of history with her. I've got yes. kids, et cetera, et cetera. So he'll want another chance. So instead of thinking about what would I do and what should I do and will this happen and won't it happen, just let it be for the moment, move on and think about how, because how do you know what you're going to feel like at the time? When you're rested, you're revitalized, you're confident again, you're out there with your friends, you're having a good time, you might even have met someone what would you say then? You can't predict this. You really can't predict this. So stay in the moment and just keep looking forward, not back. Sounds good. Question number two. Hi, Zibby and Tracy. I love your podcast. You're helping so many people. Thank you for saying that, whoever wrote this. Yes. Love, love positive feedback. We are suckers for that. My question, <laughs> okay. My question is how to incorporate using a vibrator regularly into sex with my partner. When he uses his fingers or gives me 
let me make sure he's still on his iPhone. When he uses his fingers or gives me oral stimulation, it takes much longer and sometimes doesn't lead to orgasm. The trouble is I feel anxious bringing it up as I don't want him to feel inadequate or awkward about me preferring the vibrator to his skills. I would enjoy him using it on me, but I'm too scared to ask. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. Now, I would say that the younger the guy, the less threatened he's going to be by vibrator being introduced in bed with you because they're so normalized now that you'd have to be on a different planet to not grow up and realize, well, you'd like to think so, that vibrators are not something to be threatened by. Having said that, there are, I'm sure, plenty of young guys out there who still are. And generally, I would say the more confident and the more sexually educated a man is, the less threatened he's going to be. Would you say that? I mean, yeah, I would say that. But the two reasons why men are threatened is number one, because they make women orgasm so much faster than they do. Mm. And number two is because they look bigger than he is. If if she's going to drag in her wand vibrator, which is enormous, or a rabbit vibrator or something like that. So they look at that and they think, oh my God, I don't look that big. And as we've talked many times on the podcast about penis size, it triggers off all sorts of stuff. So they're your two things that you're up against. So the choice of vibrator that you introduce into bed is really crucial. You don't drag in anything that looks phallic. I would strongly recommend that you use what's called a little bullet vibrator, which is tiny. It's like it's slightly bigger than a tampon. They're really versatile. They're really strong. And they couldn't be any less threatening if you tried. The other thing that you could try is, is a clitoral vibe, which is, and I'm thinking of one of those ones that almost look like pebbles. They sit in the palm of your hand. I mean, that couldn't be less phallic either. So any type of vibrator, which isn't big, which doesn't look like a penis, and it sort of just doesn't really look like a, a vibrator or a, or a typical vibrator that you picture in your head, which is normally a rabbit. So, and then how you use it is crucial. The worst thing you can do, I think, I don't, I think men just look like deflated balloons. If women get the vibrator into bed and then show off, because there's a temptation to show off, like, look at this, see how I took hours with you? Well, watch this, I can do it in two minutes. And that is not nice to do that. So you can't sort of let him. Him, get the vibrator out 
introduce it in bed with you and then show him how quickly you can orgasm. That's not going to make him feel great. So instead, I would, I always think it's a good idea to say, look at what I bought for us, honey. This fun present, this little bullet vibe or, you know, a long, slim classic vibe or something like that and say, I thought this would be really fun to use in bed. So you get into bed in your next sex session and use it on him, right? Have a bit of a laugh. Do it on his nipples, the perineum. Lots of guys don't like it on the penis, but he'll just think it's fun. So it's quite a fun thing to do. Keep it lighthearted. And then say, why don't you try it on me? Again, keep it light, keep it on the nipples. If he puts it near your clitoris, just go, oh, that feels lovely, but push it away. And then keep it away. So over the next few sessions, it's not the star of the show. It's just something that you're doing as a bit of a laugh within the session. And you'll see when he'll relax. And then you'll see when he gets curious. And then he'll start picking it up and saying, oh, let's just see, you know, how do you use it yourself? And it all becomes more normalized, okay? That then and only then, I think you can sort of you know, show him the grand finale of how you use it to orgasm. And then hopefully, it's not too much of a stretch from there to say, you know, if that's not your thing, lots of women don't like, you know, actually, some women don't like, not lots, um, little bullet vibes. You could then say, it's not too much of a stretch to say, why don't we try another type of vibrator? And the other thing you should do is to say, would you like to try a sex toy? Because most men don't think about sex toys, but there's tons out there now. Gosh, when I first started designing them, there was hardly anything. There were, you know, male masturbatory sneeze. Now there's like, you know, prostate massages, penis vibrators. There's so much out there. So it kind of equals it all up and makes it less like, oh, you're trying to replace me with a machine. It's like, no, I'm not. Actually, we're just having fun. And look, you can also have fun with all these great new sex toys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds not threatening. Sounds not threatening. I think, you know, like everything, I think it depends on the couple, right? It'll depend on that particular guy and I don't know, but good advice. Okay. (laughs) Last question. I'm about to have sex with someone that I really like for the first time. I'm excited, but also nervous. Any tips on how to make it go well? I'm a straight woman. Okay. Well, it's quite interesting, you know, because we say sex isn't a big deal anymore because we're such a sexualized society, but sex with somebody that you really like is a big deal. And it always will be a big deal. So I think it's quite normal to be nervous. I mean, honestly, whenever I'm asked this question, I always get reminded of a friend of mine called Alana who was with, uh, and I used to drop in and spend weekends with them on the way to Australia. And she used to always say, oh my God, if ever I split up with it, like, because I was single at the time, she was like, how do you let people see you naked? I can't imagine anyone seeing me naked ever again. If, if something happens to me, I'll never show myself naked again. Well, something did happen. They split up. She's now with somebody else and I presume is now naked with him. But you, it's that normal feeling, especially if you haven't been naked with anyone else for years and years and years. It can feel really weird. So don't feel silly about being, you know, nervous because it's normal. A few things. Are you imagining that, Zibby? <laughs> <laughs> She's looking a treat. <laughs> I would say don't make a set rule of when it's going to happen. Don't say now's the night. Just let it happen organically because the right time to have sex is when you both feel like sex. That might be second night. It might be second month. It could be a year in. You know, it's all to do with you. Make sure you have safe sex. Now, it's it's absolutely... I've done this myself. We all do it. If we like someone and we think the relationship's got legs and it's going to go somewhere, we don't use a condom. It's like, if we just think, God, they'd be really hot for one night, we do use a condom. Or if it's, you think, no, this won't be serious, we then use a condom as well. But the minute we like someone, we seem to think that love is going to stop us getting 
an STI. It's bizarre, totally bizarre. <laughs> but um, we all do it. But, you know, if you don't want to use a condom, then both get tested. And so easy these days. You can just get home STI tests that you can get in America as well, because I checked that. I think when you're actually doing it, I think just aim to be, connect and be intimate. Don't Don't sort of turn it into a lesson on how to give you an orgasm. I don't think, really, I don't think that first session is at all about feedback. I think it's all about moaning and letting them know how aroused you are and how, you know, great it is to be having sex and with them. You know, make it as personal as you possibly can, how sexy they are. I think take baby steps. Steps is really important because for most people, intercourse and penetrative sex is sort of like what they consider sex. And that's the most frightening bit, mainly for men because they worry about not being able to get an erection or having an orgasm too fast. For women... There's still that old-fashioned thing about, well, this is real sex and, you know, this is when I find out if he's going to hang around now, he's got it. Even in this day and age, there's still that subconscious little chat that goes on in our heads, I think. So if that's the scary bit, then, you know, go back to being a teenager, have first base sex one night and then go to second base and, you know, and maybe even have oral sex orgasm before you have penetration. Though I have to say, I think that's probably more intimate than penetration itself, but other things, keep it simple. I think nothing looks more desperate than you working through a whole, you know, repertoire of tri- tricks. I think it just makes you look silly. And also, one thing which I'm always fascinated by with people is don't try anything too out there on the first night. Even if you're really adventurous, even if you've got all these tricks that you want to show, don't do it on the first night. People are freaked out if you do that. They think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, why would you need to? The first time should be so fueled with lust and, you know, I mean, at last we get to sleep together. If you have to pull out all those adventurous things on the first night, what are you going to do when you're bored? You know, where are you going to go from there? So I think that just save anything, you know, that you want to do that's a slightly unusual to a little bit later on. And last of all, make sure you have a sense of humour because often the first time you always think it's going to be fantastic can often be absolutely disastrous. And I have to say most couples have the best sex probably two, three, four sessions in because you've got over the nerves and you've got more, you know, relaxed and you can talk about technique and what's working for you and what isn't. So but sex isn't an exam. It's not, you're not going to pass or fail. It doesn't need to be perfect. I Just feel like in one of our, when one of our earlier shows, you were also cautioning against like, don't be too drunk, right? Like mm. don't, because that can affect everything as well. It can, and but most people are. I know. I'm just saying. You, you know, they are, what's advice? They? <laughs> a little bit tiddly is okay, but yeah. too drunk is too disastrous. Drunk. You know, yeah. messy drunk. Yeah. You know, try not yeah, to get not there. Not messy drunk. Oh my god, messy drunk never works. But that is. I mean, what did my friends say? Which I always, you know, how do how do people who don't drink ever have sex <laughs> the first time? <laughs> As in, because how do they ever get the courage up to do it? It's quite funny. Oh, too funny. <laughs> okay, aside from watching Couples Therapy, the show, what is the, the challenge of the week? The challenge of the week is, and forgive me if I've already said this, but to buy a new sex toy every six weeks, preferably from my ranges. No, no, not, no. The reason why is that just whenever I talk about sex toys, they are such a cheap instant way to keep things fresh. And there are so many categories. I mean, you can, you know, buy a vibrator, buy a love egg, buy an anal play toy, buy some massage or buy some bondage kit. There are so many things. And I was only thinking myself that I haven't 
tried a new sex toy for ages. And I was thinking just how every time I, we do it, it always just works. It's a really, and they're so cheap these days. They really are so cheap. So it's a really lazy, cheap way to change your sex life and add a bit of buzz. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Excellent. Where can people find yours, by the way? Oh, but yes, we need to put that on the little intro thing, don't we? All of my stuff, if you go to tracycox.com, T-R-A-C-E-Y, you'll see, and you go into the shop bit, it will link you to Love Honey, or you can just go on to Love Honey wherever you are in the world, because they're pretty much everywhere, and type in Tracy Cox and all my ranges will come up. So don't go on there and buy anything else but mine. Maybe this is a conversation for another time, how you pick what... Oh, it's so interesting. Okay, we'll save that. that. It's very interesting. There's so many good stories as well. Yeah, I would love to hear that. (laughs) I mean, I guess. Anyway. All right, Tracy, thank you. This was so fun. As always. Yes, I can't wait till next time. Okay, see you next week. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. 